Chapter 24 The Santa Parade It was with mixed emotions that our team, Anath, Avell, Finway, and myself, returned to Winterwood. Santa Claus and the fairies had gone ahead to share the news with the village, while we had stayed behind to help the gnomes with the would-be kidnappers. As we walked, I asked Finway why he had not fought back when the men had first grabbed us. Seriously, we take our vow, he said. No human may we hurt. I hope that through our patience, gentry would alert. When you asked for our help, my friend, it was as if your plea released us from our service vow and set our powers free. I walked along feeling guilty for my judgment of Finway and remorse for what had been lost. Winter wood had been saved, but Christmas was now gone for many at least for this year. When we exited the cave into the color room, it was nearly first midnight, the hour at which St. Nicholas normally left on his long night's journey. As we reached the door, Anath held his hand across the frame, blocking it from opening. Finway, Nicholas, before we go, he began, please hear these words I speak. For though all seems lost this year, and times are rather bleak, history will surely write a different note and song. For humans, elves, together, fought a wicked wrong. Aneth bowed towards us, slowly rising before he concluded. My hope has been restored, my friends, in what the future holds. So lift your heads up high and strong, and enter proud and bold. At this, he swung open the door. We entered, expecting to find a most discouraged group of elves and fairies, a year's work lost, children's wishes unfulfilled. There before our eyes, however, was the grandest parade there had ever been. The color and brightness overwhelmed us. Running up from Thinway's ice, ice sculpture village came Finola. You are back and just in time she yelled, grabbing Finway by the hand. Hurry to the start. The parade can help again and you can take your part. Finway had explained that the parade was the great celebration held to honor the selection of a new council member. This happened only once in a generation when one of the elders steps down and a new member is sworn in. But there should be no parade this year for there would be no Santa Claus. Cut the ribbon! She continued excitingly, pushing a large pair of scissors into Finway's hands. Release the rays. All is as it should be. Open the lake to starry skies and set St. Nicholas free. While we were gone, all work had apparently continued without magic. The elves and gnomes had tugged and loaded every toy, each child's name written in elfish hand upon a small tag. The parade had been reset giant toys pushed into position by modest but mighty gnomes. The sleigh led out to its spot by the fine team of reindeer. Finally there in the sleigh was Santa Claus himself, dressed in his finest. As if to answer our puzzled looks, he spoke. We had faith in all of you, he shouted. Now let's get this parade underway. We ran to the front of the line where a large ribbon had been stretched across a row of giant tin soldiers. I looked at my companions, 
as we approached the front of the parade. Their eyes were locked upon Finway. Unbeknownst to me, the ribbon cutter was reserved for one elf who would join the council that year. A great cheer went up as the scissors sliced through the bright red ribbon. Then, as was tradition, a silence fell as the crowd waited for the Christmas blessing. Aneth and Avell grabbed my hand, pulling me back away from my friend. Finway was left alone at the front of the parade. The meaning was clear. Finway would be the new council elder. As he realized what had occurred, the true weight of the honor struck him. He opened his mouth to speak, but no words came forth. Finola was quickly at his side. She held his hand tightly as he tried once again to find his voice. One child has made a difference, he began pointing in my direction, as was true so long ago. One light up in the heavens beckons us to go. I looked up where Finway pointed. A large group of fairies clustered together, creating the illusion of a bright star in the cold night sky. Our greatest gift we now give, he continued, as did wise men to the child, who offered then his own gifts to those both meek and mild. Around the valley, heads were bowed as elves and gnomes joined hands. Finway's voice began to rise in volume as he concluded. So on this night of merriment, all who stand within, let's celebrate this hard-fought year. Let the parade begin! A deafening roar went up throughout the valley. Hats flew into the air as the village erupted in elfish light. All hands pointed skyward towards the frozen lake suspended high above. The great beams burned like a thousand candles as they reached for the heavens. Reds, greens, and yellows struck the lake with such force it lifted ever so slightly into the air, each beam searing the bottom of the frozen bowl just a bit. The huge solid disk began to spin as the light increased. From every corner of the valley, a swarm of fairies headed for the Great Lake. Burrowing in from above and below, their intense heat began to melt the frozen body. Large drops of water fell from the sky, turning to crystals of snow before they reached the ground. Finally, the assault was too much, and the lake, which had separated the lands, was no more. It exploded into a million pieces of ice, falling like diamonds from the sky. The fairies quickly melted the larger pieces. The drops of what was once the magic lake turned into intricate flakes of snow and ice. They began to land all around us, some the size of my palm. Within each a fairy, with softened glow, floated down, creating the most magical snow I had ever seen. The detail of each design came into view as the light illuminated its beauty. It was as if the stars themselves were falling to the earth from above. As I watched the frozen white rain, I felt the familiar hand of my grandfather come to rest upon my shoulder. I had missed my Isoises so much, and yet I had changed in these few days. I turned and hugged him closely. Looking up into his face, I saw the sky above us explode as the elf beams escaped our land. It hit me in that instant. Revanchelet, the northern lights, were elf lights. Magical ribbons of light sent skyward by these remarkable elves 
Isoisa looked back at me, a smile spreading across his aged face. I realized then that he had known the origins of these special lights all along. Their work completed, thousands of elves began to shake sleigh bells. Each bell seemed to produce a different note. Together, a harmony of sound arose from the valley floor into the night sky. Elves ran to positions within the parade, as did the fairies and the gnomes. From the front of the parade, the tin soldiers marched forward, a gnome beneath each foot. The tin soldiers held large trumpets tightly to their lips. Marching behind, elves played their own shiny silver bugles, giving the illusion of a tin soldier band. Next in line, giant marionettes danced as fairies gathered above to play puppeteer. One playful puppet boy with a long wooden nose danced his way down the street. Little Bo Peep led her flock of puppet sheep through the streets, mingling with the elf children who giggled with delight. The tin woodsman from Oz swung his axe, while the skittish lion and the children huddled in fear. Grandfather and I ducked as the blade went past. A great train with a coal-black engine pulled into view. In the cherry red cabin, the engineer waved to the crowd. Puffs of smoke billowed from the smokestack, a trick the gnomes had perfected. Wheels churned as the train moved through the street. If not for the many pairs of feet just below the wheels, I would have believed it was real. Rolling waves of emerald light overtook me as a pirate ship set sail in a pea-green sea. The beams from many elves floated the enchanted craft above this illuminated ocean. Just below the ship's bow, fairies frolicked in the waves as another group formed the moon overhead. I thought of Finway's Peter Pan upon the ice castle wall as the boat rocked to and fro. I was still standing spellbound when upon the deck a battle began. To my surprise, Aneth played the part of Captain Hook and Finway, Peter Pan. I laughed with delight, remembering some of their very real battles. The beautifully carved ice sculptures rolled into view, lit from within by fairy glow. Each was as intricate a scene as Finway's village. There was Tiny Tim upon the shoulder of Ebenezer Scrooge. A man in his nightcap leaned out of the window of a house that somehow seemed familiar. Many more followed until finally the Emerald City of Oz rolled into view. In addition to the fairy light, elves cast their green beams across and within the crystal display. As the ice floats past, they turn their beams towards the sky. The revanchelet returned. Playful scenes in pure bright light appeared before us. The shadow elves that danced upon the walls of my cabin back home crept into my mind. I whispered as much to Isoisa. As I looked above, beams of red and yellow joined the show, creating extraordinary images. I wondered if they had been the source of those I had seen on evenings past. Living pictures formed within the light. Baloo walked with Mowgli through the land of the Jungle Book, Shere Khan waiting to pounce. Peter Rabbit was once again in Mr. McGregor's garden, and Black Beauty reared on hindquarters as the images mingled across the sky. I held my grandfather's hand tightly as other characters came to life in the cold night sky. I wish the parade would never end. Its splendor and magic still plays within my mind even today. What happened next, I will also never forget. I had closed my eyes 
hoping to hold on to this moment forever. When I opened them, the great man himself had stopped his gold-leaf sleigh before me. In his hands, he held the reins securely, steadying the reindeer. The nervous jingle of their sleigh bells told me that they did not expect this stop. Well, Nicholas, I think it's time for you to get in, Santa said. Get in? Get in where? I asked. Well, my sleigh, of course, said Santa, turning to my grandfather. Are you ready to let him go, Jan? I looked at my Asoisa. His sorrowful face spoke clearly. The time had come. He knelt down close beside me. I am an old man, Nicholas. Someday I will be gone, and you will be alone. There is a wonderful family waiting for you in America. Grandfather turned away as the words caught in his throat. He swallowed hard as he continued. And an amazing ride in Santa's sleigh, he added, wiping a tear from his eye. Will I ever see you again? I asked. My own tears began to flow. And they would not be stopped. Grandfather hugged me for a long time, but he did not answer. As if the thought had just sprung to mind, Saint Nicholas spoke. Of course, you will see him. I need a companion on Christmas Eve. Would you like to fly back with me once in a while? I could not answer. I hugged my Asoisa one last time and climbed into the sleigh. As we lifted off, the music of a fairy song played in my ear. Gentry had landed timidly upon my shoulder as we flew. Slowly, a feeling came to me. I will miss you, the song seemed to say. Santa cracked his whip, and the skittish fairy flew away. As we leaned over the edge of the sleigh, the ice castle erupted with light as fairies returned to their frozen home. In unison, the elves directed their beams in front of our sleigh, creating a floating path, brilliant and colorful, before us. Merry Christmas to all! St. Nicholas shouted as he waved to the gathered crowd below. I leaned back only once as the figure of my grandfather faded below me. <laughs>